you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, September 22nd. And you are listening to NFL Total Access. The podcast. A trio of voices in perfect harmony today. The first from the Heisman shortlist, the Penn State legend list, the Super Bowl champ list. Michael Robinson, the real Mike Rob. What's up, man? What's going down? Thank you for being here. The second voice from the Long Beach Poly legend list, the fight on family, the Super Bowl champ times three, Willie McGinnis. What's up, Willie Mack? Hello. And the third, Inglewood by way of Miami, by way of Washington Heights, New York City, Dominican heritage, dolphin fandom, Marjorie to her parents, MJ to the rest of us, MJ Acosta Ruiz, hello. A full government name is out All there in <laughs> Oh, wow. Outed. I'm on. I may get in trouble for that. Let's move on. On today's show, we will preview Thursday Night Football, the AFC North showdown between Yin's guys from Western Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kick on the way. That's a winner. Unforgettable season opener. And the Steelers outlast the Bengals in overtime. And the NFL's annual mashup of hope and heartbreak, the Cleveland Browns. Flacco looks up the seam, fires, touchdown! A miracle here in Cleveland. I can't believe it. Both teams are one and one. Both teams are a little banged up. The Steelers are actually banged up. And Watt is headed towards the sideline. Najee Harris in pain. And that's that's not a sight Pittsburgh wants to see at all. Oh, boy. Key injuries, a huge part of their story. The Browns are emotionally banged up. Clock management and capitulation, a huge part of their story. Absolutely devastating, and there is no reason that the Browns are in this position. We'll start with the former Brown, Willie McGinnis. What are we in for tonight? Well, I think we're in for an AFC North battle. These teams understand that they're fighting for first place. And I know it's early. It's only week three, but there's a lot at stake. Is It's early in the season. Uh, both of these teams are kind of going through things on their own account. You know, Pittsburgh trying to figure out who their quarterback is going to be, get through some injuries. Um, the Cleveland Browns, on paper, and we keep saying this for the last few years, on paper, one of the better teams in the NFL, trying to find their identity and probably survive until the real starting quarterback gets back um, under center and they can put all the pieces together. Mike Rob, I'm loath to ask this question, but the question is annual, as Willie intimated. This kind of roster versus reality situation in Cleveland, let's not worry about big picture for the moment. Let's worry about micro tonight what are we in for uh you're in for probably first of all I, I think this cleveland browns offensive line needs to be leaned on a little bit more what i mean by that is coach callahan um the offensive line coach for the cleveland browns probably is the best offensive line coach in all of football this guy these guys move as a unit they don't let quick penetration nick chubb is probably the best and most disciplined outside zone runner our game has right now so uh you look at the numbers um, he got almost five, almost 4,000 yards rushing from outside of the tackles, which means that play action passes, which means that the defense has to, you know, uh, apply more assets to be able to stop that outside running game. So I expect play action passing from Cleveland. Um, 
and when you look at the Cleveland Browns, I think there, there's a there's some things going on here. You guys got to understand that right before the season, the quarterback who was with them all offseason, all throughout everything, their leader, their franchise guy, the guy everybody, if he's playing, everybody puts them at the top of their Super Bowl favorite list, Deshaun Watson, is no longer there. They got walked out of the door um, and won't be back for a few weeks. So I think they're also suffering from a little bit of a loss of leadership. Somebody In games, it seems like guys are just looking around, who's going to make the play? If Deshaun Watson was playing, I think that'd be settled. On the Pittsburgh Steelers side of things, um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Mike Tomlin. Anytime Mike Tomlin is coaching your team, your team has has a chance. I don't care if he's going to a high school team playing an NFL team. Your team is going to have a chance and your team is going to be ready to go fight. The issue is the starting quarterback who he seems to be sticking with and Mitchell Trubisky, he's broken. Man, I don't mean physically. I'm talking mentally. Hmm. There's guys running open down the football field and he just won't throw the ball. He even mentioned it after the game. Man, I need to start giving guys like George Pickens a chance. I need to I miss Deontay Johnson two or three times. Just let the ball go. And for the for the life of me, MJ, as I'm looking at tape, there's nothing that's stopping him from throwing the ball other than whatever in his mind that's keeping his arm from his arm from throwing it. <laughs> so at the end of the day, man, this should be a good game. But at the end of the day, I think uh, Mike Tom is going to have some decision to make at his quarterback position coming up real soon. We heard that crowd mm-hmm. at the, in Pittsburgh chanting for Pickett. That's his home crowd. I mean, he not just that, but they were looking at Mitch Trubisky and going, dude, what are Talk you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And now that question reverberates over to coach. When are we going to see Pickett? I think we've seen we know who, who Mitch is. And look, I was the first one when he got when he got sent over to Pittsburgh to say, OK, here we go. It's time for redemption. This is a chance for you to show us you can be a starting QB. And so far through two weeks in a division like this, there is just not that much room for error. MJ, I think and, and I think the reason why Mike Tomlin is sticking with him so hard right now, because, look. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky's like normal veteran quarterbacks. Sure. To me, to me, Mitchell's still a young guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who has not figured things out. And so I think Mike Tomlin's given him every single chance to win this position because he knows when he goes to Kenny Pickett, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yep. There is no coming back unless uh, Kenny gets hurt or something like right. that. So respect to uh, Mike Tomlin for, for uh, I'm assuming, keeping his word to Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when he recruited him to come there in the offseason before he even knew he could get Kenny Pickett, I'm assuming he's keeping his word to him. And and he understands once he makes that decision, there's no turning back. Well, there, there, there's, there's something to say about Mitch and why he's there. He has some... He's familiar with, you know, with some of the guys on the staff. And the right. coordinator has a, a system that fits what Mitch does with getting the ball out, using his legs, moving the pocket. Some of the things that you couldn't do with Big Ben um, anymore, you know, the, the retired Big Ben. Yeah. Um, but I think to your point, as far as you see guys shooting down the field or open, I think the confidence isn't there because um, historically he has not made those throws. And... Not by a little, but we're talking short hops, overthrows. Like, it, it, it hasn't been um, what you call routine throws he's been able to make down the football field. His receivers will tell you that. And I think um, Matt Canada's system doesn't really force you to do that, to have to do that. But when you got guys open, you got to find them and you got to hit them and you got to have that confidence. And, you know, I agree with you with Mike Tomlin. He's, he's a great decision maker. He's a great leader. He knows how to mask a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And he gives his team an opportunity to win. Um, But 
I will say this. They did not make a, com- a commitment to Mitchell Trubisky by way of years there, what they paid him. Mm-hmm. And it, it all says he's not the franchise guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that they're in debt to keep him at the quarterback position. I just don't think they feel like they need to rush the young kid. Like, to your point, they need to rush him. But there's no security there for Mitch Mm-mm. at all. You know, by way of his contract or how long he's... Willie, like, 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 like Joe Paterno told me when I was trying to be a quarterback young... (laughs) Trying. Come on, you killed it. He said, I'd I'd rather put you in two weeks too late Mm -hmm. than two days too early. Ooh. I like that. That's a word. Deep. I I didn't want to hear it when I was 19 years old. But as you get older, you understand, damn, yeah, you'd rather be over-prepared and ready for the opportunity than under-prepared. And fumble it. Literally. There you go. And Mm. one thing we know about Mike Tomlin is that the man does nothing without a plan. Mm. It is, it is how he has managed to go his entire NFL head coaching career without a losing season. So I should think that there is a plan. Do you think... I want to go right back to you, Mike Rob. Do you think there is a week in his head that he has circled, or is he actually allowing what is happening on the field to make his decision for him with regards to handing the keys to Kenny Pickett? I think when you're a leader of a franchise, a leader of an organization, you got to have a lot of different answers, Mm -hmm. right? You can't just have one because things change. Flexibility. You got to be flexible. So, yeah, do I think subconsciously or in the back of his head, maybe nobody else knows but him. (laughs) Is there a date there? Yeah. I don't know when their bye week is, but maybe probably around their bye week, he's thinking, let's see how this team looks when we get out of this thing. Week nine. Um, Yeah, week nine. That might be perfect. Halfway through the season. might be too much time. (laughs) might be be out of contention by then. You know what I'm saying? In AFC North. Well, let's, let's talk about contention because, guys, as we have seen in the first two weeks, and again, it is a small sample size, but the first two weeks of what we have seen in the AFC North is that this division is, for whatever reason, gettable. So I can't imagine that Mike Tomlin is going to allow too much time to pass in the interest of allowing a young guy to be nurtured. He's going to be thinking about wins and losses, division titles, and an opportunity to make the playoffs against everybody's preseason predictions with this team, don't you think? I, I think so, but I think the division allows him to be more patient with Mitch Trubisky because nobody's running away with yep, the division. Right. There's no guy, there's there's no team out there right now that you're saying we can't let them get four or three games ahead of us because yeah, right now these look are, broke. Right, right now these are the two teams. <laughs> yeah. These are the two teams that's fighting for first place, and they all have issues. And they all have issues right now. So you know, I, I, I think right now teams are still coming together, and this is throughout the whole league. Although some teams look great, those are the veteran teams that the coaching staff's been in place, the majority of the roster's been in place, the system's been in place, and they got a really good team. They're coming out, and you can see that. But it's still super, super early to panic and overreact and over-evaluate certain positions, especially the quarterback. And, Mike, you said something super important. Even in college and coming into the league, Mitch didn't play a lot of football. So he's still learning the certain nuances of the position. So I think they understand that. They've done their due diligence. And because of the division and where it's at, it's too early to panic. That's a good point, Willie. This has always been a trial-by-fire division. Um, All those teams, like the Bengals, who suffered a a difficult loss to the Cowboys, the Ravens, who suffered an inexplicable loss to your Dolphins, all of them got to get in the locker room and realize, you know what? At least the upside is we didn't lose any ground in our division because all four teams lost in week two. (laughs) There is hope even in horror. There is a little bit. I like what you're saying there in terms of the division here, Willie, because every time we're breaking down film or breaking down a game, 
and talking about offenses, you got to take what the defense gives you. In this case, you got to take what the division is giving right. you. And right now, it's an opportunity, <laughs> right. especially for the Steelers. And that's the end of the first quarter. Catch your breath. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Today's topic, tonight's game, Steelers and Browns. And let's get the second quarter started with a good old-fashioned rap battle. Sorry, misprint. I mean, a good old-fashioned stat battle. We are each looking at the stat packet carefully prepared by the NFL Network Research Department. And I want to share with you, Mike Robb and you, MJ, Willie's answer to my question earlier. What are the most important stats in the NFL? Any guesses to what Willie's number one is? Wins, losses. Uh, there you facts. go. He hit yeah. wins and losses. Former players know the know the drill. You can't spell Willie without W. Um, so wins was number one. You had points as number two. You had turnovers third. Red zone fourth. Third down efficiency slash defense fifth. Penalties sixth. And a distant last was yards. Why wins first? I know the answer is obvious, but let's hear it. And why yards last? Well, I think with the wins. Um, you can win. I'll take an ugly win over a beautiful loss mm-hmm. any day. And you can learn from, from ugly wins. And sometimes things, you know, don't go your way. But you learn how to finish. You learn how to survive the momentum swings. You understand how to make those in-game halftime adjustments. And you can still figure out if you have a good team that can do all those things and a good coaching staff, how to figure out how to win. Like you see a lot of these teams week two did. Um, yards. A lot of times if teams fall way behind, let's just say the Buffalo game, they took all their starters off in the third quarter. Now, if a team starts racking up yards against the number twos and all the ones are on the sideline and that game is pretty much a wrap, yeah, this team is going to tally up a lot of yards. doesn't really matter. It's not about that because those those are garbage. That's garbage time. Those are garbage yards and all those different things. Now, if a game... It's happening in real time, and all the starters are playing. And you got a team that can drive the length of the field, right? Let's just use Denver, week one. They drive the length of the field every time. Get inside the five, inside the ten, turnover. All those yards equal what? No points, (laughs) no nothing. Uh, Do it again. All the way to the length of the field, red zone, another turnover. They did it again. They might have did it four times. Inside the 30 and in. Inside the 20, inside the 10, inside the 5, on the 1. All those yards, they traveled to get absolutely nothing because of a turnover and the ball was taken away in the opportunity. So when you look at the stats, it may be like, oh, they had four drives of 70 yards, 65 yards, or whatever the case may be. But what was the result of that? Zero points. And and, and I think that's why you – I think, Willie, to your point, that's why – 
Um, a lot of your championship teams have defenses that bend a little bit, don't break. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The no-breaking part means in the red zone. Um, another stat I look at, um, to your point, is, is the red zone scoring. Mm-hmm. Are you scoring touchdowns or are you kicking field goals? That makes a huge difference. Are you stopping the team from scoring touchdowns mm-hmm. or are you forcing field goals? Right. Me personally, this may be the old running back. I mean, I look at yards per carry as well because that, that tells me that the line of scrimmage is moving. If the line of scrimmage is moving, then I can call play action and it's easier to get the ball down the football field and things like that man it has to be wins and losses wins and losses get everybody paid it rises every ship you know what i'm saying and at the end of the day we, we're doing this to win a championship right? right not just to score as many fantasy football points yards to me is for more of a fantasy football team. and you may not be happy um, about the way you play, but it makes everything makes better. It better. It makes yeah. you feel better. It makes you feel better when you win. Dog, you just said something. You said I take an ugly win over a beautiful loss, and you went to week one. I talked about week one with Buffalo and the L.A. Rams game. Buffalo threw three, threw two picks, had some turnovers and all that. I was happy Still as a happy. Buffalo Bills. So were they. Yeah, because yeah. they won. On the road. Because they won, and now Sean McDermott can still go in the big team meeting room and get at them like right. they didn't win. Right. Like that is that that type of um, that type of adversity, that type of manufactured adversity in a good situation is almost a blessing in disguise. I quizzed MJ on Monday about the Broncos team that you provided as the example. They were through the first two weeks, 0 for 5 in the red zone. They also had 25 penalties for 206 yards. You said the worst of the two or the worst of the two, English, Andrew, um, <laughs> was 0 for 5 in the red zone. No question. It's exactly to Willie's point. What does it matter if you didn't put points on the ward and you didn't get the W at the end? All of those um, moral victories don't exist. They don't exist in the NFL. We've heard coaches say it all the time. Starting QB say it all the time. Every player you ask will say it every single time. That's why if we're bringing it home, nobody's talking about that first half of the Dolphins-Ravens game. Nope. It was awful. It was terrible. I mean, my group chat with other Dolphins fans, it was looking bleak. Depending on who fan you were. If you were a Miami right. Dolphins fan, the, fan, the, yeah. the Dolphins no, fan. <laughs> you were the Baltimore and Ravens I, fan. I remember, remember so so specific, yeah. yes, I remember so specifically going, halftime adjustments, guys, like with a question mark, like we're going to be okay. And then, whoa, did they ever. All was forgiven in that first half because they went off to a went off in the second half. Suddenly from... He's not the answer to, that's my quarterback. Literally, that's a direct quote from that group chat. So, to your point, it doesn't matter unless you win. The only two people I heard talking about the Miami Dolphins' first half, head coach Mike McDaniel Mm -hmm. and Willie McGinnis, Mm -hmm. and they both said it for the same reason. Yep. It was a growing opportunity for Tua, and he took the opportunity, and look what he did with it. Mm -hmm. Let's look specifically, guys, at tonight's game and the stats. Uh, A couple things that jump out to me. Uh, Brown's offense, first in the league in rushing. Mm -hmm. Mm. Matters? Does it matter to you? Absolutely. I, I've said even even when OBJ and Landry and all those guys were there, I always said this was a run first team. One, because per PFF, they had one of the best O-lines in protection and in the run in the league. And they have two of the best running backs. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't know what you want to call them, thunder and lightning, whatever it is. <laughs> they got two of the best backs. These are two starters at running back in the league. One of the strongest, niftiest more, most physical, and if you probably look at both of these backs, I, I, I'm almost willing to guarantee that they always have had in their career positive yards after contact, and they always end the game with positive yards, nothing ever negative when they run the football. So it starts right there in the trenches. For not only this team, in my opinion, for every team, it starts in the trenches. And then, like Mike said earlier, 
You can build so much off of a run game. You can build so much more, but it starts there, and they got two of the best. Now, if you're facing if you're facing the Steelers by the looks of the stat sheet, it looks like you can build a heck of a lot through the air. They are the 30th ranked defense when it comes to pass defense. Mm-hmm. They are also the 30th ranked offense in total offense. On paper, and again, this is the, they are the paper tiger of the NFL for the last decade. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, on paper, this doesn't seem like it's even close, or am I wrong? Do you see it going down differently? Both of these teams in the same division, correct? Mm-hmm. I don't The stats don't matter. They play each other the twice a year. Up, they yeah. know exactly who each other are. When, 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 when the Cleveland Browns line up with two tight ends, two wide receivers, and a running back, right, in ace formation or deuce formation, however you want to look at it, the Pittsburgh Steelers know they're running outside zone to the right or outside zone to the left. How you want to do it? When they motion and build the formation so that you have a wing, wah-wah wing on, on one side, Willie, ain't nobody, ain't no, ain't no fair dodging. They running over there. It's a black and blue division. I will <laughs> say this. The great game plan specific type coordinators, if you have the personnel, you will attack where a team is weak. Mm. If a team is struggling in pass defense and – they have a lot of mental errors, the communication problems, and they're giving up big plays. And you got the guys to attack that. That problem will get bigger. That's it probably going to get no bigger. <laughs> because if you don't stop it or change it, you're going to see every team attack that until you fix it. And that's just whatever you want to call it. That's just NFL one-on-one. If you, if you can't stop something, you're going to see it until you can. Now, if you can't, you know, to, every, to all the other points, if this is what we do, then this is what we do. But at some point, I'm going to test that secondary. We're going to run it down your throat, but at some point, I'm going to test that secondary. Michael, I want to circle back to you because you said that yards per carry is important to you, and I agree with you. Yards per play for the Steelers' offense, again, ranked 30th in the NFL. (laughs) I know you said that in a divisional game like this, you can throw the stats out the window, but does that stat hold any weight with you? Oh, it just lets me know that the the Cleveland Browns' defense is going to be sitting at a certain yardage, just kind of sitting and waiting, because they ain't scared nobody going to run past them. That's all that means to me. Fair enough. MJ, we talked a lot this past week about uh, Aaron Rodgers. Last year, he talked about ownership of the Bears. Got a lot of flack for it. It was hard to disagree with the man, though, when you look at his stats. Let's look at Tomlin's stats Mm. against the Browns. In 30 career games against Cleveland, his record is 24-5-1, almost the exact replica of Rodgers against the Bears, which is now standing at 24-5. Sometimes this is a horses-for-courses thing. Mike Tomlin has the Browns' number. Mike Tomlin knows how to beat the Browns. Or was that Big Ben? And it's different now. No, uh, the standard is a standard as Coach Michael say himself, it, it is unbelievable. And I think it does come down to how well he knows this team specifically. No, keep your enemies closer, right? This is the team we got to go up against twice a year. He knows exactly how to decimate them. He knows exactly how to attack where they're weak, Willie, to your point. And he ain't going down like that at the end of the day. And I think it's, it, it, it's mental. I played for the Browns for three years, and I played in this division. And it was, it, it was, it was kind of funny to me coming from New England where we dominated Pittsburgh playoffs they may have won here and there but we pretty much dominated Pittsburgh and when I came to the Cleveland Browns I had the same mentality like oh we're about to go out here and kick Pittsburgh's ass and when I looked around the locker room 
I didn't feel the same with all the other guys in that locker room because they already had been there. Yeah. They already had played in that division. And it was kind of like one of those things, well, we'll go out and give it a try. And as soon as one thing happens that doesn't go their way, it's like it all, it, it all just washed away. And it was the same old thing that happened time and time again. And it was hard to change that mentality. Now, I will say this. A lot of the players in that locker room haven't been there a long time. Um, maybe five or whatever years. Some of the guys that was there forever when I went there. And some of the guys upstairs were there forever. So although you tried to break out of what normally goes on, it still sticks in some of those guys' minds that this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, when things get bad or whatever happens, oh boy, here we go again. And it was just hard to break to break my teammates out of that. We have talked before, and we'll talk again in the, in the days and weeks to come, about losing being a cellular thing after a while. It can get in your DNA, and it is very hard to stamp that out. But before we move on from stats, I want to talk real quickly about the absence of T.J. Watt. The numbers are startling. In week one with T.J. Watt, seven sacks, 22 quarterback pressures versus Cincy. Week two without him, zero sacks, two, count them, two quarterback pressures. His absence is notable. It's significant, or am I overstating that? No, I mean, he's a force on that team for a reason. He is one of those game-changing type of players where if stuff is going down, you know that he can make a big play. He can get the ball back. He can get to the quarterback. He can do whatever he has to do, almost put it on his shoulders, literally, to give his team an advantage. Uh, um, and he's a force. What's the sack record, 22 and a half? Mm. Didn't he get that last year? Mm. Tells y'all you need to know about who that guy is. Period. Not being record still for years. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast, and the third quarter belongs to the never dulcet and never dull tones of Adam Rank, who now picks every single week three game. Have a listen, write it down, check him on this on Monday. Adam Rank here, time for the week three game pick starting Thursday night. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin is 24-5-1 and in 30 career games against Cleveland, 20 of those wins came with Ben Roethlisberger. He's 4-3 and three in games started by other QBs, but give me the Browns 26-20. Lovey Smith returns to Soldier Field to face the Bears. The Bears have been victorious in two previous meetings with their former coach. Let's make it a hat trick. Bears 24-22. This is the third time in NFL history that two teams that made the playoffs the previous season started 0-2 and will meet head-to-head in Week 3. The road teams have won each of the previous two such week three matchups, give me the Raiders 26-24. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback of all time in September, winning 13 of 15 career starts in the month, tossing 48 touchdown passes while throwing just three interceptions. Give me the Chiefs 35-20 over the Colts. 
Josh Allen is 3-0 in career head-to-head starts against Tua Tungavailoa. He is 7-0 with 23 offensive touchdowns in his last seven games against the Dolphins, giving the Bills 36-20. Jared Goff has a better touchdown interception ratio and a higher passer rating than Kirk Cousins so far this season. Still, I'm going to go with the Vikings 24-20 over the Lions. The Patriots have scored just 24 points in two games this season. Only the Cowboys and Colts have averaged fewer. So for that reason, I'm going to take the Ravens 24-20 over the Patriots. The 2022 Bengals are the seventh team to start 0-2 the season after a Super Bowl loss all-time. Four of the previous six won their third game of the season. So for that reason, and amongst others, I got the Bengals 28-23. The Eagles are 2-0 for the first time since 2016 when they started 3-0 before having an early bye in Week 4. They missed the playoffs, but this Eagles team feels different. Jalen Hurts has looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Give me the Eagles 29-28 over the Commanders. The Panthers have lost 9 of their last 11 matchups versus the Saints. The Panthers' two wins... Week 2, 2021, Jameis' only start with New Orleans versus Carolina. And way back in 2018, when the Saints were resting their starters. Give me the Saints, 2016, over the Panthers. Let's monitor the status of Justin Herbert, who's battling through an injury. But Trevor Lawrence has had a rough go of it on the road. He is 0-9 as a starter on the road. So I'm going to take the Chargers, regardless who's, who's playing quarterback for them, 22-21. Matthew Stafford is 3-1-1 in his career versus Kyler Murray. Both quarterbacks won road matchups in 2021. Still, I like the Rams in this one, 33-30. The Atlanta Falcons are still looking for their first win of the season when they're on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith looked good in Week 1, not so much in Week 2. I'm going to take the Falcons in a mild upset, 24-20. Tom Brady is 3-1 in four head-to-head matchups against Aaron Rodgers, which includes wins in Week 6 2020 and the 2020 NFC Championship game. I'm going to take the Buccaneers 30-29. Russell Wilson is 17-4 in career starts against the San Francisco 49ers, including the playoffs, but he's never had more than 275 passing yards in a game against San Francisco. And despite Jimmy Garoppolo being 1-4 in his career as a starter against Russell Wilson, I'm going to take the 49ers, 28-27. The Cowboys are 9-1 against the Giants since 2017, but the Giants are playing so good. I believe in Brian Dable. Give me the Giants, 23-20 over the Dallas Cowboys. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm here with MJ Acosta-Ruiz, Michael Robinson, and Willie McGinnis on set. Thursday night game picks on deck. That's the fourth quarter. Let's start it off with you, MJ. Who wins tonight, and what's the score? I'm going Steelers, and I'm going to say... Let's see, this feels like a scramble drill. Like maybe yeah. we are outside the po- we're outside the pocket. I'm trying to. The question look at is: stuff Are now. you Kyler Murray outside yeah. the pocket? Are you Josh Allen, or are you Kirk Cousins? What's happening now? <laughs> I'm going to do Steelers 21-17. 21-17. That sounds very much like a Steelers Browns scoreline. Yeah. Michael Robinson, what's the score tonight? Who's on the winning side? Cleveland Browns win 17-13. 17-13 is even more of a Steelers-Browns scoreline. Yeah. 
Willie McGinnis, what say you? I had 21-13 Cleveland Browns. 21-13. I don't know what the over is, but I can't imagine any of those totals go over. Do whatever you like with that listening public. This has been NFL Total Access, the podcast. Join us tomorrow for game picks, score predictions, stat projections, and the dreaded upset alert. It's your official listener's guide to week three in the NFL. That's Friday. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.